Good evening, and welcome to the Bonafide Moto Show. I'm your host, Joe Fleming, also known as So Tall Right Now on Instagram. Uh, thanks so much for joining once again. Uh, episode 27 now, hey? Um, for those who watched last week, we had a great guest with uh, Matthias Correa, and tonight we're picking the pace up a bit with uh, Ernie Vigil. Um, really excited to have him on the show for the evening. Um, before we get into it, uh, wanted to say that um, this show is made possible by our friends at Motul, who have a line of uh, what they call the MC Care Range, so it's their maintenance and care range. And tonight's um, product that I'm going to talk to you about, so if you've ever watched the show, you know, kind of each night I do one product talk about it last week i did the hand cleaner and tonight is the shine and go spray uh, so this is for a clean bike so if your bike's somewhat clean and you want that extra bit of shine this is what you want so you can spray it on the bike like the plastic fenders that type of stuff and kind of just wipe it on and it'll look nice and shiny how about that um that will be on our website as soon as it's up and running. I've been working on it for like the past couple weeks. Now we're dealing with payment integrations and stuff, but I promise our website is coming. So um, tonight's show, if you've ever seen um, any video that Triumph has launched in the past, like, I don't know, three, four years, well, last, any video of a modern classic, um, there's a good chance that Ernie Vigil has been the guy inside the helmets beating the balls off of a bike. And um, yeah, I actually spoke to him yesterday on the phone. And what was really cool is that there's more to him than just the Triumph bikes and the stunts um, of what I've seen on Instagram, at least. Um, he's been in a lot of movies, but we'll let him um, kind of talk about that. So um if you if you've missed an episode, if you want to catch this episode at some point, we will have it on Apple Podcast always. It's available on Instagram TV as well, so you can watch these any time you want. So, Ernie, I saw you were the first one to join. I'm going to add you through now. Ernie, what's up, buddy? How are you? Good. Nice to finally put a face with the with yeah. the voice. Yeah, it's, it's a bit weird when we're on a call and you're like, "What? Is, what?" And you try to wonder, like, "What does this guy look like?" Yeah, exactly. Right. You try to picture it off the voice, and I always, I always miss. <laughs> yeah, and and four G there. Um, Ernie, you still with us? Yeah, I'll see you now. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay, I got cool. You. Um, I think for us, we um, we're used to seeing you with like a helmet, and um, and there's a few photos yeah. of you on Instagram. But now, like now, I got you. Now I got you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're always uh, we're always the guys behind the helmet. So, like uh -huh. when I first got into this, like I didn't do it to like show off or do anything like that. You know what I mean? Like I just wanted to ride my motorcycle and get paid to do it, and like not have a job. You know, I just, I just yeah. wanted to live the dream. 
Um, so like, I'm, I'm not much of a show off, whatever. I just throw the helmet on. When I, when I get the helmet on, I'm a totally different person. It's like, oh. I could like just, like without the helmet, I'll go out and I'm, I'm a little shy, but like you put the helmet on me and it's like, who the hell cares? We'll do whatever the hell you want. I like I like that though because it's kind of like um, I think you've got a lot of people who want to who want to talk, and then you've got other people who like just shut their mouth and they do their job. And um, I'm assuming that kind of sounds sounds like you a bit, where like yeah, just let me go and do my job. And I think that's also what is quite cool about the stunts um, is that we may not see you, but you can go out and hustle hard in the stunts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's, uh, it, it just works for me. You know, it took a while. Like, I remember when we first started doing like stunt shows and stuff like that, like it took a while to kind of like get in the groove of like becoming a performer. Because before, like I would ride my bike and I would practice to do all these tricks and all these, you know, different ways of riding motorcycles. But like, I didn't necessarily have any experience performing. So like, I was like, what the hell is this? You mean, you want me to go like, be like a circus monkey and dance for you for like 15 or 20 minutes. And like, I'm like, you know, I've never done it before. So it took a while to get to that point. But like now it's pretty much second nature. Like we can just go out and just, you know, do whatever the hell and, and act a fool and then just try to, you know, put smiles on people's faces. Yeah. And like, what, um, um, what's like kind of, how did you get into that? I know when we spoke last night, you mentioned that um, you were into BMX and dirt bikes. Like how did that from, from riding BMX and, and dirt bikes, like how did it progress into being like, you know what, I'm gonna ride these bikes hard as hell? Uh, it, it's crazy. So I grew up racing motocross for years and the same two brothers that I grew up racing motocross with, we all decided to buy sport bikes at the same time. So like we had this like past of, of like being really competitive with each other and pushing each other. Um, and I, rem I remember like when I first bought my first sport bike, I remember my, my mom hates motorcycles. Like she was totally against it. So like going in there and buying it, like I told myself, I was like, I'm not going to be that idiot doing wheelies on the streets and, and trying to kill himself. And that lasted like maybe a day, maybe two <laughs> max. And, uh, before you know it, like one of us did a wheelie and then like, it was like monkey see monkey do. We just started doing it, you know, one right after another trying to compete. And, uh, I remember like what, when we first started doing that was like it, the early stages of when stunt riding was starting to like kind of like become organized and a little more popular. So I remember seeing like uh, it was for a stunt competition in like Tulsa, Oklahoma. And like I didn't know anything, you know what I mean? I'd been riding like on, on the road, like doing stunts for like three months. So I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go compete. And I went over there and like it was like a complete reality check like the the level of riding was so much higher than I thought it was. So like, that was like kind of what lit the fire under my ass to come home and like really start practicing and trying to push for it. So I just did that and, and little by little, you know, it worked. Well, um, I'm just, uh, uh, just to let you know, there, there's from you and I, there's a bit of an audio delay. So when you, I, I think I hear your voice. So it's like a second or two off, but I, I can hear you fine. But just so you know, like, there's a bit okay. of a delay. So if, if I'm delaying, at least you know um, the deal. Um, yeah. And, and when no it worries. comes to, um, like, stunts, I, you know, a lot of times on Instagram, I often get um, in my feed, I see these dudes on, like, four-wheelers and dirt bikes. Like, it looks like they meet up at, like, a Walmart parking lot on, like, Saturdays. <laughs> and then it's, like, a 100 of them that are just like, dude, 
good luck. I hope you don't get arrested. Like, let's do this. Like, is there anything like that where you live? Or like, or have you ever participated yeah, in I something mean, like that? Yeah, well, I mean, it, <clears throat> when I first started stunt riding, everything was on the road, right? Like everything was just like, it was, everything was really high speed. So like to go ride in a parking lot was like unheard of, right? Because you'd just be hauling ass down the parking lot and like, you'd probably hit a curb and go over the bars and like destroy yourself in the bike. But as it progressed, everything turned into no longer riding on the road. It turned into loading your bike up in a van and like driving out to some random parking lot, like, like you're saying, mm -hmm. and it turned into kind of like a hangout, but it, oh. that's pretty much what fueled the sport and like kind of brought it to the forefront. So we still do that all the time. Like we find all these random cool. parking lots. We have a few that we have permission to ride in. So like okay. the cops just kind of, let it go it's crazy because they'll kick like the the cars out the cars will be out there like doing donuts and drag racing and they'll <laughs> kick them out but they'll they'll leave us there so like it's kind of cool. cool but but yeah you know that whole uh that whole movement kind of like is what excelled stunt riding and and everything and brought it kind of to the forefront and you know all over the world you'll, you'll still find people doing all that that same stuff you know they call it usually every sunday they go and they call it church <laughs> I, li I like that. I like that. So do you find that like, yeah. um, that like a lot of like young kids go to those things and like are kind of there watching what maybe they're on their BMX bikes, but you can see them watching. And they're like, one day, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be like those kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We get that all the time, you know, like, uh, we'll have a couple of families that even come out that know that we'll be out there every Sunday. And they'll mm -hmm. come out and they'll bring their kids to watch and like, at first, they'll just come and watch, and then, you know, like, maybe, like, four or five weeks later, they'll have, like, a little BMX bike, and then another four or five weeks, and they'll have a little 50cc dirt bike, and it's, like, you can see the, 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 it's, it's like an infection, right? You see it, and then you want to do it, and, and all it is is fueling the, the next generation of rider, but, yeah, we see it all the time. That's cool, and have you, is there, like, any, any kids where you're from that you've, like, helped coach or like any teenagers is there people that like you've been working with um and watching them grow in stunt riding yeah well uh i mean it's been a while but we had uh there was this kid uh his name was was michael we called him uh middle schooler because when i met him he was he was really young but he was like just i i rode dirt with him first and like seeing him ride like you could just tell that like like he understood it like it you know he he just had it right some some people are just born with it and uh and he rode with us for quite a while and was unreal probably the most gifted rider i've ever seen on a motorcycle hands down like was just unbelievable everything just came to him so naturally um i remember like he went from a small bike to a big bike and was doing all the same stuff on the first day you know, when usually it takes people months, or if not years, to, to kind of figure it out. But, you know, as he got older, his path just went different. So he just ended up kind of straying away from motorcycles. And, and I kind of wish he didn't because he was like, he was just unbelievably gifted. Like, I mean, this kid was just like on another level. And I would have loved to see him stick with it. But, you know, you know, it's, it's his life to live, not mine. But, uh, sure. but, yeah, you know, we see it all the time. There's kids and push them. And I remember when I first started stunt riding, like, you couldn't see it because it was still so new, right? So you're, you're kind of seeing it online and trying to make it work in your head on how, how the things work. And it's so much easier when you can just see it, you know, when you could just go to a parking lot and be like, oh shit, there it is right in front of my face. Oh. And, and I'm able to see how they're doing these things. 
So, it, you know, now that those kind of like parking lots are, are what's fueling the next generation of rider. Yeah. It's so cool. Like for me, so um, if you if you go look at my profile, like you'll see a picture of, of me and my Harley somewhere. So I've got a 94 Dyna FXDL, ape hangers, like Ford controls, sissy bar. <laughs> and one of the things I'm like super, super jealous of is those dudes in Southern California who beat the balls off of Dinas. And I'm just like, man, how, how did you like first try to learn that? And how did you not die? Like, have you, have you jumped yeah. on a Dyna and tried to like have a go at what they did? Yeah, yeah, I got a buddy here who's, he's got a Dyna and I think a Sportster and, uh, and he let me ride it. And it's, it's, what's crazy is they, the feel is totally different than like say a sport bike or even a modern classic because modern classic has more of like a, like a sport bike tendency, like on, on the way it feels when you're doing certain things. And those, those Dynas and stuff like that, like everything is so vertical on it. You know what I mean? Like when you do it, like where the balance point is. So like, you run out of gear, so everything's got to be super vertical. So when you're first on it with your feet up, you know, different footing position for, for the foot pegs and things like that, and it just feels so different. But that whole movement is, like, blown up in Southern California, yeah, even uh, on the East Coast in Connecticut. Like, I mean, you see people all over the place. Before, you would only see sport bikes that were, like, stunt bikes. And now even driving around town here where I live, like, you see groups of guys that are out there trying wheelies and all this stuff on, on Dinas and, and Sporties. And it's the power of the internet, man. It's just, yeah. it's crazy how, how much stuff travels. You know, the power of the internet has got me to not want to learn how to do wheelies. Like I see all those crashes and I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm not going to be that guy. Like I did a, I did a rolling burnout once. Um, we, we had a, like a taco yeah. Tuesday. I don't think I, maybe I had a couple beers. And I tried to do a rolling burnout, and I was like, no, I got this. Man, I popped that clutch too soon, and I ended up, like, kind of like, whoa, like, and I ended up kind of T-boning my buddy lightly, and then his bike tipped over. Yeah. And I was like, that's why you don't do it anymore. That's why you don't do it. Leave it up to guys yeah. like Ernie. He can take care of it. Anyone else who wants to be a hero. But uh, for me, I'll just keep both wheels on the ground and I'll applaud people that like you that can do all the other stuff. Um, I would love to like learn yeah. on a back. When bikes go over. When bikes go over what? Oh, when bikes go over like that, like your buddies, that, that, that's how they become like stunt bikes. You know what I mean? Like, like we try to get bikes that have already kind of been a little roughed up and then you turn them into the stunt bike and then you're not afraid to do all those crazy things. Uh, well, his was a, this was a, it's a, that, uh, the truck, the 900 Thruxton. So that like real nice looking, the old school one, not the, like the, the not the newer model. So his was like all nice yeah. and clean. And I think when it tipped over, like it broke the brake lever and like, uh, oh, it, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> like it was just those minor things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. um, that actually leads me into our first triumph question. And um, from someone on here, and it's actually a video that you and I spoke about last night, was uh, the first video I saw of you was on the old air-cooled scrambler. Um, what's your favorite stock Triumph to blast around on? Ooh, that's a, so, so that scrambler, that the video that you saw, and I think I mentioned to you, or this oh. to you yesterday, like that was the first modern classic I'd ever ridden. So we did a, 
we did a project that was a so we had a buddy named Nick Hill and he had like these asinine ideas and he wanted to ride from he wanted to drive into Mexico and have a Corona at like five in the morning and then <laughs> 24 hours later he wanted to cross the border in Canada and, and have a Molson right so we did this like iron <laughs> challenge to where you went from Mexico to Canada in under 24 hours and Whoa. this was kind of like our first project that we did with Triumph so uh Nick my teammate who lives in Vegas he, he got the chance to kind of choose the bike. So he chose a Tiger 1050 for himself. And he put me on the Scrambler to just kind of punish me, right? And I ended up loving the Scrambler. Like, I ended up, like, with that, like, banana seat. I was able to, like, yeah. really, like, lay out on it. And, like, a yeah, you could times stretch and I thought I was going to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was so comfortable. And then after that, I came back home. And after that video, I still had the bike. So we made a video, and that's kind of, like, where the Scramble Me series was introduced was riding that thing riding that stock uh air cold scrambler and it was amazing like it was such a good bike and that's kind of like what got me hooked into like that whole modern classic line and now you know fast forward to today i just rode uh, obviously ridden them all but the speed twin is unreal like that thing is so crazy because for me it's a good mix of that modern classic styling but you get like sport bike performance out of it so it's got like dual brake discs up front. It's got the new 1200 motor. Um, it's a little bit littler and lighter, uh, not as heavy as like say like the Scrambler 1200. So it's so fun to throw around and just beat the hell out of it. It's got really good power. Um, and I just did like a bunch of mods to it. Like I'm trying to do like this project with it to try to see what it's capable of. And I just put this, uh, the cat eliminator on it. Holy shit, that thing is woke that bike up. Oh my God. Like that thing, like, so in Albuquerque, it's high elevation. So like bikes, like, they just bog, like they're just falling on their face because the higher elevation, the air changes, it's not as, uh, it's, it's, what is it? Is it more dense or it's just thicker air? So it doesn't breathe as well. So you okay. lose a little bit of power and, uh, this thing just like lifts up in first gear, no clutch, like it totally new bike. But, uh, yeah, I love the speed twin, man. That thing rips. It's, uh, we, we, um, so last year, the Scrambler and the Speed Twin launched at the same time here in South Africa. It was either last year or the year before. I don't really remember. And um, like I said, I'm two meters tall, or I'm six seven. And um, my buddy who was working with me, he's normal height. Um, and we kind of like did rotations on the bikes. And so I was like, dude, I'm taking the 1200 Scrambler. I've been waiting years for this. And then it came around for another rotation. And he was like, dude, do you want the Speed Twin? I was like, no. I do not like it's too small. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't want it. It's small. And, and, uh, it, and then I dropped my bike off. I did do a bike swap. Something happened. Um, it was about three months ago. And they gave me the speed twin. Man, <laughs> I got on the highway. Yeah. I taking a video of it. And I was just like, this bike is insane. It is so much fun. Mm -hmm. It's so like small, but it's so powerful, so smooth. I, I I had a blast. So like for a dude like you with skills, I can only imagine like what you could do on it. And like the the post I the image I used today of you doing that stoppy. We had someone who asked like, dude, <laughs> how did he get around the ABS? Like what what what's your trick there? uh so we're we're pretty bad we just disconnect it <laughs> so if you go on the back on like the back on the back or basically you have the little sensor right that that engages it 
So we just disconnect it when we need to, and then we just reconnect it just to kind of like bypass uh, it temporarily. But because uh, everything we do, like the ABS just works against us, right? Like it's just, yeah, we're, we're so used to like being in control of the bike and the brakes and everything like that. When, when the bike is thinking for you, at least for us, it yeah, doesn't usually always sure. work out. So yeah. we just, we just yank, the, <laughs> yank it and, and, uh, and then replace it after. Okay. And um, yeah, that's, that's like one of the most common questions. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's kind of what my next question is, is like when you get, um, when you get a stock bike from trying for anyone, and they basically say to you, hey, go have fun. What's the, I want to say, what's the first thing you do to it? First mod you do to it? And maybe like a couple other things. Or do you just leave them stock? Uh, <clears throat> so for the most part, for the most part, I try to leave it as stock as possible just to be able to show what they're capable of, just like in stock trim. And it's crazy what, what you can do on these bikes, like, even the off-road race, like that scrambler was pretty stock. Like, I mean, it, in compared to what most people would think, they think that it's like this crazy over-the-top modded race bike. And it, it's just a stock mm. bike. And uh, I usually try not to mod them until I have to. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, if, the, if, if you can't turn the ABS off in in, in, uh, in the gauges or whatever, you know, we'll, we'll do whatever we got to do to get the ABS off. Um, but it's more so like on our drift bikes and our stunt bikes that uh, that we do the mods to. Most of the modern classics stay, for the most part, stay uh, pretty stock. Every now and then we'll do like something little to them, like gearing. And, and even with the Speed Twin, this is like one of the first ones that I decided to like actually do something to just because I knew that that bike was just unreal, especially for what we do. And I mean, yeah. a modern classic that can stop me, like for me, that was huge just <laughs> because like there, it's yeah. a heavier bike right than a sport bike so like i was like you know the first couple times i felt the rear come up i was like it'll do it like th this is gonna happen <laughs> and then sure enough like you know what I mean? you're able to just like bomb on it um so that one i really wanted to mod just to be able to get even more power and just you know who knows you know we might make a, a modern classic drift video which i never ever thought would happen so um but yeah you know for the most part i try to keep them stock if if if, if something happens for a video because we do so many videos you know we'll we'll do whatever mods we have to but for the most part stock is where it's at for me and for for some weird reason when you leave them stock and stock trim sorry say that again you said um you got disconnected there but you said when you leave them stock i missed that uh when yeah yeah it's, so for like in my experiences like Every time that like I mod a bike or like really like, you know, really push what's possible, I end up breaking things, you know, motors and parts on the bike. And when I leave it stock, like how it came from the factory, it's usually pretty damn durable. So like, I'm like, just leave it be, just let it do its thing and just beat the hell out of it forever. Like, it seems to work out that yeah. That's like um, the other video I remember, um, I, if I remember correctly, it was when the Street Scrambler launched, um, you guys did like a promo video on the beach and you got stuck in the ocean and then like flooded the bike like yeah. and what, yeah. what did did you guys really just have the bike for 10 minutes like it was like you just got on them yeah i think it had like less than five miles on it <laughs> like like that that was like that was literally that was literally the first location <laughs> and it wasn't even a location like we had just like 
we went to go scout it but because we got there at the right time and the sun was like epic we were like screw it let's just unload it and let's just see what everything looks like and five minutes later it was underwater so <laughs> that's what happens when you take a desert kid to the to the, to the ocean <laughs> um, it was because because again that whole competition thing Nick would go in and like do like a berm shot in the water and then like yeah. I would go and then he would go and I, I was just like I'm gonna go deeper to make an even bigger one you know what I mean and I went to right to the break and I went to go to go hit it to come back around and it just sucked me the other way and, and it was game over from there um, I was but for was what it's worth that. that bike is still running that's that was impressive when I saw you guys taking out the spark plugs and running it I was like it may work. And because you guys did that, I guess, so quickly um, and got it to clean out, I could see that that bike um, would still be on the road now. Yeah, yeah it's, it runs fine. You know, I use it. It's right here behind me. And uh, oh. I still use it all the time. Like, it, it fires right up. There's no no issues. I, we, we try to get to it right away, like you said. Like, we, we, got, we got all that salt water out of there. The air box is like an aquarium. Like you literally pulled like a little overflow plug on the airbox, and like yeah. just all the sand and everything came out. And I think we did like six or seven oil changes um, to get it, oh, you wow. know, looking like how it should. But yeah. everything everything worked out. We we kept going and we we made the video. Um, so um, and speaking of videos, um, you mentioned something to me yesterday was that um, you know a lot of us we see these videos from you. And what I didn't know is that you started sort of, you kind of done production yourself. Um, so tell us a little bit about how that kind of got you started into stunt and, and sort of promoting yourself. Um, so like, like when I was saying before, like when, when I first got into stunt riding, it was still like at its early infant stages. And like the only way to like, the only way to get your name out there, of course, is to to promote yourself and, and to, to get your name out there, right? So I, I remember I went to like Best Buy and I bought like the shittiest camcorder that I could afford. I bought like the shittiest $100 editing software that they had. And I remember coming home and just like learning how to like edit and just sitting in the room forever, just learning how to do it. And uh, I remember in high school, like I took graphic design and I've always been like a, a big fan of like the creative, right? Of, coming up with different designs and just working and then, you know, letting your imagination flow. So I ended up liking it. Um, and then, you know, years later I, I met up with Nick and Nick had a, a production background as well. He had gone to school for it. And at the time he was making uh, DVDs and things like that. This was back when DVDs are actually a thing right now. There's <laughs> yeah. unheard of dinosaur frisbee, yeah. di frisbee disc. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so when we teamed up, um, we ended up doing a bunch of stuff and I just fell in love with, with the video side. So now like everything that we do, you know, it's, it's both of us behind it and, and we just sit there and, and come up with a concept and then figure out how to do it, go out, shoot it, come back, edit it and, and then release it. And it's been cool because, you know, we've always wanted to just be those guys that are building these projects that people can like latch onto and like vicariously live through you. Um, you know, because not everybody wants to go out and sink their bike in the ocean. Not that we did it on purpose, yeah. but it happens with, with these video ideas and concepts, right? Yeah. So we're those guys that, that you can watch and, and cheer for and, and just, you know, watch your bike get written, how everybody probably wants to ride it. Um, and that being said, like all these videos that we do, they're, it, it's the same as, as like anything else you see on Netflix or you go to the movies to see. 
it's a production, you know, on a much smaller scale, but it's, it's all the same stuff. You have your actions, you have your, your marks, your cues, everything. It's all the same etiquette. So after doing videos for this long, you know, when we got the opportunity to go take this and, and work our way into Hollywood and do stunts for movies and stuff, you know, it all crosses over. We already had a, a good idea of what it took. Um, so it made the transition really easy. And, and you know, now we, we do a little bit of everything from TV shows to movies um, to our own videos. It's, it's like it went from competitions to now everything is behind the camera, right? Yeah. And what, um, what's been – so, like I said, I was, I was very surprised last night when um, – like I do research on each person that comes onto the show. I type their name into Google, see what comes up. And I think it was the second or third link was IMDb. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll click on it. And I couldn't believe it. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, like I said, I knew you as a Triumph, Triumph dude. Um, you do stunts. But I mean, that was it. That was from the outside of Instagram. You know, like I, I don't research yeah. everyone I follow on Instagram. So it was so cool to see like how many movies you've been in and like what some of your roles were. And I could see production in there as well. Um, and like I saw mm -hmm. John Wick and then someone, um, actually our buddy Wesley today mentioned you were in Yes Man and did, did the stunt on the Super Motard. So what's been like some of the most challenging stunts you've done and like what's been some of your favorite stunts that you've done in a movie? Uh, the most challenging for sure was Yes Man just because that was like, that, that was my first time ever doing anything like on that level, right? Or a Hollywood period. That was the very first, uh, very first thing I did. Um, and I actually stumbled upon that because uh, I don't know if you know who Chris Teach McNeil is. He rides for BMW, um, but he's a good buddy of mine. And they had called him to do it, but he was, he was like six inches too short. So they had him recommend somebody and, and he gave my name. <clears throat> so, you know I mean? Thankful Teach was a short guy and I got the, got the gig, right? So, um, but, but that whole thing was like, it was so like stressful because like I had done videos, but I had never been like, <clears throat> again, it was like a real small, our videos are the same style, but the crew is much smaller, right? You know, you're talking less than 10 people. And when you're there in front of hundreds of people and they have all of downtown LA shut off and all cameras are on you, like it's a different animal, like, like to, to yeah. get used to that stress and that, uh, just that level of pressure, right, to deliver. Um, so I remember going into that and like knowing what I was capable of, but like having to go out there and, and hit all these marks because they, they try to prep you for it as much as they can. So like, they'll tell you before what you're going to be doing, but you don't necessarily know where you're going to be doing it. Right. So like, it's one thing to be in a parking lot where it's perfectly flat and you're practicing sure. this and then you get there on the day and you have to go through a garage, come out of the driveway onto a road that is cambered, like. 45 degrees and hit your mark next to a UPS truck with oncoming traffic. Like they just add so many different elements into it. And like to have to deal with that, like out of nowhere, like it, it, it's kind of stressful. You know what I mean? So like once I, once I figured it out and I got used to it and you know, I, I've kind of figured how everything works and what questions to ask and things like that. Like mm -hmm. it started getting easier and easier. But like that first one was like, I remember I was freaking out the first one. I think the very first one I did, I almost ate it coming out of the parking garage because I Wow. 
got too slow, the bike like wanted to just dive to the right and like just out of nowhere. So like it, you know, there's a there's a whole learning curve behind it. But uh, but now yeah. it's like you go in and and having done it so many times, like you know what questions to ask, you know how to sure. prep yourself for it. I'm and, sure. Uh, like and but that first one was man, that, <laughs> that first one was brutal. But we got through it and it came out great and. Yeah, it was a huge scene. Like the like Gary Himes, who was a stunt coordinator, he he's a rider. He he's a, a ex desert racer, like really talented on a motorcycle. So he understood what what he wanted and what was possible on a bike because he was a rider himself. A lot of times you get guys who have never ridden a bike before in their entire life, and they they think that you could do backflips on anything and this yeah. and that, and you know they just want to throw things at you that aren't possible. But Gary okay. understood it, and and like, that's able to cool. Make, like, like, really cool and up. with all these films and stuff that you're doing, like, do you have a man manager, a producer that like helps you um, with the process of finding these jobs, or are you guys, you and Nick, out there hustling after? Uh, luckily, you know, we, I've never had a manager or an agent or anything like that. Like luckily word of mouth and by some weird way they found us. Um, and it, it's like anything else, you know, the more you start working with somebody, as long as you go out there and, and you do a good job and, 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 you know, you get along with everybody, you know, the, you, you get that network and that chain reaction of like, Oh, you know, hire so-and-so and next thing you know, your name's circulating through the industry and, And, uh, you know, we've just always been a, a firm believer in going out and busting our ass and working hard and then being good about it. And again, that, that's where yeah. that whole experience of understanding what a production is like, um, that helps, you know, because a, a lot of guys are, are talented and, and we get it all the time, you know, people ask, you know, how, how do I get in there? How do I do that kind of stuff? And it's like, you know, you get some guys that want to go in there and want to be show offs and things. And I mean, it's like anything else, there's an etiquette, right? So you got to go in there and you got to, you got to, you know, wait till you're told to do something sure. and you can't just go out there and just be that show off guy. Like they, you know, everything's about safety and things like that. So it was good to have that experience within our productions uh, to take in there that kind of like gave us the, the kind of the edge That's on cool. everybody else. I like, I like that mentality. Already had the experience. Um, of, of like, professionalism first essentially is what it sounds like um and then like obviously with the the new with the scrambler coming out yeah uh, there was a bond film were you asked to be in that film no i wish i was Not yet. uh the, I, i don't know if you've seen the movie but uh one of my buddies uh kieran clark who's another guy who works with try heavily um, he was actually out there in South Africa with me when I was there in October. Um, but he, he also does a lot of stunt stuff. He's an ex, uh, British superbike world, superbike racer. So extremely talented guy, but he was showing me like the jump that they did on the, uh, heading up and stuff. Oh, I would have loved to do that. I didn't get the call, but the bike that they used in bond did look exactly like the Mexican 1000 race. So I was like, yes. There's a little victory um, in there somewhere. And then what were, you, what were you doing in South Africa? Um, so we were out there doing the, the Tiger okay. launch and also the new uh, Street Triple launch. So we got to ride the new uh, Tiger 900 Rally Pro. Um, oh, cool. South Africa. I had never been to South Africa. <laughs> like, I had always heard, like, you know what the weirdest thing was? It was... I had buddies that would always tell me like, oh man, South Africa, like, bless you. 
Cape Town and all this <laughs> stuff. Like it's super rough and you know that you got to watch yourself, put your wallet in your front pocket and you know, all these things. Right. And then I get there and it's the complete opposite yep. of everything that anybody has ever told me. And it was like one of the, the yeah. best places I've ever been to, the nicest people, good food, like everything was unreal. And in going there, like, I understand why. I, I feel like, like South Africans just tell all the Americans, like, hey, it's dangerous. That way we don't ever go there and, and ruin what you guys have going. I didn't, I didn't listen awesome. to them, though. No. Don't I let us listen. come in there and ruin it. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly it's so nice south africa was some of the the hotel we yeah. stayed in the best service i've ever had it was like every employee there would like refer to me by name know everything like it was unreal yeah, it's, um, I've never it, it really is like a special that. place like i came here um it was about seven years ago and now i came here from for the first time to meet my wife and i'm here for three weeks and i'm like man i love this place and there was there was a there was an energy about it that I loved, and um, you know I still tell all my friends in America you've got to you've got to come check this place out. And and for Americans, anyone outside of here, if you're on the dollar, the euro, the pound, it goes a very long way here. I mean, I think the the rand dollar is at seventeen to one at the moment. Yep. So that um, it's very easy to spend some money. But once the borders open back up, yep. people must come. Um, and especially Cape Town, like I saw the videos where, where you guys are doing the riding and, and it's, it's Cape Town yeah. is a beautiful place. And it, it actually reminds me a lot of San Diego. It's a very similar vibe to San Diego. Yeah, I agree. I, that's a good example. That's exactly how it feels. It was crazy how diverse it was because you can go one direction and be in, in like, these unreal white sand dunes and then go north and be in the desert, but then go out to the coast and like unreal vistas. Like where we shot was on, yeah, was on the uh, east side of Cape town. Is that right? Um, down yeah, like there's like wild uh, baboons we, we had stuff. this question like four, months, four weeks ago. It yeah, was, it's it in like, like the southernmost tip. Um, <laughs> yeah, some, actually Verna, there's a guy on here, Varen Explore. Yep. He answered the question last time. It's like, what's the southernmost tip of South Africa? He'll probably respond with it. But um, yeah, it's about an hour from Cape Town, and then I think you went up to, um, then I think you went up to the Atlantis Dunes to go ride around, and that place is spectacular. Yeah, it, it was awesome. We we went up there. We we also went up to. Uh, oh, Lesotho! Oh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the name of the. I can't even remember. It's wherever the Roof of Africa race is. So it's northern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we stayed okay. with. Uh, we used base camp like the guys who maintain the trails, yeah. um, and they took us into these like amazing like trails that's, oh, that's i guess great. it's part of the course and uh we went out there on the tigers and and got to see a bunch of stuff and like it was it was awesome man we we would stay in like these like little like they were like little oasis in in the middle of the desert like green with lakes and like these like rad like little cabins like it was it was 
one of the coolest experiences ever. Like I had been to like Morocco before, yeah. but like Morocco is, you know, it's it, which is awesome. But like I had never been to Southern or South Africa. Oh yeah, and, like it was it was yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and then they're telling you a, like all the safaris place. that you can do, and like you must come you're back sleeping back outside with lions. It's, it's, and, it's like, an I'm, like, amazing Ugh. place for sure. It's crazy. For I want to sure. try it. <laughs> um, and the the one thing that I think yeah, so I've been here for seven years. Um, I love it. Yeah, I'm. How long have you I been can, here now? I can go back to the States anytime, but um, we've got my wife and I, we have no intention of leaving anytime okay. soon. Um, it's a beautiful country. Like I'm, I'm not done exploring it. Um, even up into like Southern Africa, the surrounding countries, yep. I haven't explored it enough. Um, and that's, that's my goal. <laughs> um, um, and then the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, was the Baja 1000. So we all saw you awesome. on this scrambler taking on this race. Like, what was sort of your what was your thought process taking this bike? And like, did you have doubts at first when when they said, "Well, I, I guess kind of how did that conversation start to get you to the bottom?" Um, so for me, like I said, I grew up racing motocross. So anytime I can get back into the dirt, like I'm, I'm all for it. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. And over the years of doing all these videos, we've always tried to be those guys mm -hmm. that like do, do something that you wouldn't necessarily think is possible. Right. So we had raced the Mexican 1000 with icon uh, and triumph back. Uh, this was years ago and we raced it on the tiger 800. Um, which at the time was like unheard of, you know, you're showing up to a, a dirt bike race. And I think I was telling you this yesterday, you, you know, these are races that are predominantly built for like yeah. 450, uh, 500cc, 650 XRs, like, so, you know, like 250 to 300 pound motorcycles, like nothing crazy. And we're there showing up on, you know, 500 pound road bikes, trying to race with these guys and be competitive. Yep. And, and, you know, for us, that was always like, it's cool when you show up like that because instantly you're the underdog, you know what I mean? You get like these sideways looks of guys like, <laughs> what the hell are they doing here? Like idiots, you know what I mean? Like, like, and then when you pass them on the course, yeah. you know, you start winning their respect. And then, you know, by day two, day three, they're, they're starting to root for you, which is nice. But in doing it on the, on the Tiger, um, we tried to, at one point, we tried to evolve the Scramble Me series and we took Street Twins that had uh, Nick over in Vegas uh, retrofitted like these like XR650 front end forks onto a, a street twin. And we tried to make long travel suspension um, to, to be able to, to really ride these things hard. And this was like a year before the Scrambler 1200 XE was coming out. Um, so when we made that and we heard the, the talks that they were going to, you know, release an actual long travel suspension Scrambler, yeah. like, instantly you know we're thinking like you know it's going to be even better than the tiger more of a dirt bike you know so of course for us we're already starting to think you know like hey let's go on it and, and like i told you yesterday uh i had only ridden that thing like once or actually twice i rode it two three times max before the race mm -hmm. um because it was out uh on the ims tour like doing like the build-up for the for the race so by the time I got it, like it was like a week or two to go before the race. And I had been training on my dirt bike, but I hadn't really ridden the scrambler all that much. Yeah. 
And I didn't want to like go out and really beat the hell out of it and then end up breaking something or I, who knows what could happen leading into the race. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, took my time with it. So it wasn't until like day, probably like day two that I started like really understanding the bike and, yeah. and understanding what was capable. And again, it was like a, a stock bike, you know, it didn't have much on it other than uh, it had a, a different exhaust and a different tune on it. And, uh, you know, suspension settings and things like that. But, but other than that, it was a stock, we had uh, different tires on it, but stock wheels. Um, and we went out and, and, and raced and it did amazing. Like it, it was a, such a good bike. Um, we ended up coming in fifth place, should have been third if we didn't have a moose bid failure. Um, but I mean, that's like in the modern pro class, which is like the premier 450, you know, class. So to see that bike go out there and do that, like for us, like that's, that's what we like doing, right? That's, that's what keeps us waking up every morning and, and being hungry. And, uh, you know, I just, I, there's talks of going out and doing it again with, you know, maybe modding the bike a little bit more to make it even that much faster. Um, Cause you know, it, it, it's hard to go and race that big of a bike in a class that's made for littler bikes, because, you know, you're talking 500, 530 pounds um, through sand and whoops and, and you have a 1200 CC motor. So, you're able to get going really fast, but then you have all that weight when you're trying to slow it down. So then it's harder to slow it down. So yeah. like it, it's, you got to find like that happy medium of being able to go just fast enough, but still being able to slow it down. And I learned that the hard way going through some crazy rock filled tour. I still don't know how I kept it on two wheels, but I did. But uh, there, there are some moments. There <laughs> and um, many of the was there like anyone at Triumph who was like, probably shit their hands. were they doubting this or were they, like were they surprised were they confident when you finished like what was what was their mindset <clears throat> or their reaction to you um, yeah well you know going in like again you know just, just like the guys that are there racing like everybody yeah. everybody wants to support you but at the same time they're <laughs> they're they're you know looking at the ingredients and they're just looking at the bike versus the other bike and you know they're right when you people said the beginning just because you're like there's no way that that's going to do yeah. this you know what i mean just because it's not it has a capability to do it but it's not built for it right yeah yeah exactly so so you know the goal was always just to finish just to get the thing from point a to point b and and cross the finish line in one piece and show that it's capable of doing that well, after the first day, yeah. like, you know, and, and catching dirt bikes and, and you know, I, I try to look for the dust cloud. And if you see the dust cloud and you catch them, then you just chase the next dust cloud, right? So you're just chasing dust the whole day. And, uh, and in doing that, like once you start understanding that the bike is capable, like we, our whole mindset shifted and it went from just finishing the race to then being competitive. And, uh, you know, by day two, day three, you know, we're, we're in the race and, and we're looking at the standings and sure. we had a moose bid failure that set us back like a little under five hours and we were three hours out of third place. So that not happening, you know, yeah. who knows what would have happened. We might've finished in third, but you know, that that's racing down there. Stuff like that happens all the time. But, uh, but yeah, you know, to, yeah. to go out there and be competitive on the thing and see what's possible. Like that thing could easily go out there and podium. Um, you know, barring everything goes, goes well. Cause when you're out there, you're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, 1,350 miles, you know, so it's, it's, and that's 1,350 miles of kicking the hell out of that bike. So, you know, you're beating the hell out of it. It's hundred, hundred degree plus weather, um, mostly off roads. So like, 
it's a grueling race, but you know that that bike is super. Capable, I, feel, so, I feel like I feel like we will you know, see that moving forward. Like I feel like knows, um, you'll see that after last year's attempt, that you're like, you know what? We were so close that like I'd, I'd like to compete again. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm quite confident we'll see you there again. <laughs> and um, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, hope, hope everything goes right. Sorry, go ahead. You were kind of, I lost you for a second. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I was just saying, I hope everything goes, uh, goes right. And, and, uh, and just, you know, there, there's a few little things that the bike could use. Um, it was good to go out that first time and prove it stock. But now, now knowing that it was capable, like it'd be cool to make a, a few little minor adjustments that would allow the pace to be even that much faster and, and you know, do things a little bit differently. And, uh, and who knows what the outcome would be, but hopefully, uh, hopefully yeah. we get that chance. Hopefully this COVID and, um, thing doesn't with that uh, race, throw racing off too, too much. Is, and, were and there we any other failures the the that you had on the bike throughout the race? Um, the, the only thing we had was that moose bib. Everything else was, was good. Um, I hit a tree branch, I don't know, probably going like 70, something like that. Like, uh, there, there was like this real, like narrow, like path and it was all sand and whoops. And then it tapered out and went flat and you were able to haul ass, oh, wow. but there was trees everywhere. And I hit a branch going about like 60 or 70. I almost lost it. It jarred oh, okay. the bars back and forth, but it, I hit it so hard that it broke the hand guard off. Um, but it did what it was supposed to do. And uh, other than that, it, um, there were some areas that were like extremely rocky. And I think I had a big giant rock come up and smash the, the, the scrape plate on the bottom. And it put like a little tiny hole in the oil pan to where it was just seeping oil a little bit, but we, we put some water weld on it and we're back racing. So we didn't really have any issues uh, other than that, that moose bib that failed because once that moose bib failed, it basically became dust. And when it became dust, I no longer had anything inside the, the wheel holding the tire on. So then before you know it, the whole tire came off the, the wheel while I was going, coming off because my, my steering was weird. And then I looked over and I saw the, the tire was off the, the wheel. So like, Luckily, I was yeah. in a, like, we lucked out that I was in an area where the, the chase crew was able to get to me to be able to replace it. Right. If we weren't, we would have lost that whole day. And, and again, you know, yeah. it would have just been trying to finish. But that's, that's what happens out there. You know, you never know what's going to happen. You could hit a cow. You could hit a yeah. rabbit. Yeah, for sure. So much could happen. Um, so we've got about got five, five minutes left smart, um, you know? before we've got to cut this, before we've got to cut out. Um, but what sort of, um, what's, what's some of your plans for the rest of the year? What's, what big projects are you working on? Um, we have a lot, a lot of video stuff coming up. Um, now with all, you know, everything that's going on, it's, it's given us a, a good chance to be able to really just focus on video because, you know, all the movie productions are on a, on a standstill, uh, all the large gathering motorcycle shows, all the events, everything's yeah. kind of non-existent right now. So it's given us a good chance to, to focus on video, which is, which is cool. 
Um, right now we have a lot of stuff. Like I'm building the speed twin, the speed triple. We have like these like little supplementary like build videos. But uh, we have a cool project coming up with Triumph uh, at the beginning of next oh, um, wow. I probably can't give too much away, but, but it is, uh, it is oh, cool. on Rocket 3. Um, I'll at least say that, that much, bike is um, which we're excited it's, for. It's, it's that bike is, is, is crazy. So, um, yeah, and then we just, uh, we just did a video. Oh, it's – yeah, it's crazy. That thing is – they did such a good job. Like, I remember first seeing it, and you can't even find a wire on the bike. Like, everything's so hidden and so nicely done. It's, it's awesome. Um, but we also – we just shot a video okay. on the Scrambler uh, with Icon. Um, that's going to release towards fall. Um, that should be pretty damn good. Um, we also have a, a few other ones that we're putting together with Monster. Um, so over the course of the next six months, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. And we have one that we've been working on that we're hoping gets the green, green light to go. But this will probably be the, one of the gnarliest cool. videos that we've ever done, ever, ever, hands down, like times <laughs> 10 um there's there's Everyone a like that. there's a good uh a good danger factor in this one okay uh, good it'll, it'll be good well dude that'll be again just be waiting fantastic. for waiting for green lights <laughs> yeah yeah anytime yeah. We, i guess we everybody likes to see the, 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 the sacrificial guy yeah excited super excited yeah ex exactly i always explain it to where like if and I took the same like mindset on shows. If you're the guy that's out there doing a stunt show and you're the guy that's riding on the very edge that looks like he's going to wreck and eat shit at any minute, but always <laughs> saves it. That's the guy that all the crowd and everybody's like, watch that guy, that guy, that guy, he's going to eat shit any like minute. That. And then when I you like don't, that. you're a hero. So like, um, I'm always like, so Ernie, I think that that's, uh, that's about it before we get disconnected. But um, dude, it was, it was such a pleasure <laughs> to have you on the show. Um, you seem like a great guy. If I'm back in the States, would love to hang out. If you come back to South Africa, please give us a call. Um, it'd be great to show you around this side of the world. Um, really appreciate your time, man. It, uh, it, it was great to find out a little bit about you, man. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Love what you're cool. doing. You got a good show out there. If you're ever in the States, give me a call. I got plenty of bikes to go around so cool. we can go and uh, do an off-road adventure or go do something. Um, and yeah, for awesome. sure, when I'm in South Africa, I'll give you a call. I'm, I'm going back. Sure. Made a give lot us of a call. Give us there, a call. So now I got um, all the excuses yeah. in the world to, to head back. Yeah. Cool. So to everyone else. So sweet. Yes, sir. Thanks, Ernie. I really Thank appreciate you, that. Man. Um, I'll be in if touch. If you need anything, to everyone else who joined tonight, thank you so much for watching episode 27. Uh, the podcast will be out tomorrow. Uh, IGTV will be out as well. And next week's guest, we've got Thomas from Just Like Papa. Got a cool little episode going on next week, something a little different. So everyone have a great rest of the week. Stay safe and much love to everyone. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, Ernie. Cheers.